Welcome to Category Visionaries, the show dedicated to exploring exciting visions for the future from the founders who are on the front lines building it. In each episode, we'll speak with a visionary founder who's building a new category or reimagining an existing one. We'll learn about the problem they solve, how their technology works, and unpack their vision for the future. I'm your host, Brett Stapper, CEO of Frontlines Media. Now let's dive right into today's episode. Hey everyone, and thanks for listening. Today I'm speaking with Sten van de Kistel, founder of Sweetbablik, an external attack surface management company that's raised 4.4 million in funding. Sten, thanks for chatting with me today. Hi, Brett. Nice to meet you. Yeah, excited to chat with you. So before we begin talking about what you're building, can you start with a quick summary of who you are and a bit more about your background? Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me on the show. So my name is Sten van de Kistel. I'm Belgian, so I'm based here, I guess, in the center of Europe, so born and raised, studied actually one year in UK for a master's in information security, enrolled into team professional roles in uh, 2000. So the year just before 9-11 hit us all. Then I was working for, let's say, 10 years in different roles and companies in cybersecurity. Before then, I moved on an independent basis into the markets, uh, delivered uh, quite some services to enterprises like Beparibas Fortis, Proximus, that's a Belgian telecom operator, and also NATO, the military organization. It was in those environments that as a risk and security stakeholder, I was lacking the information to define the right strategy and best practices to make those organizations more cyber resilient. And that's where the whole idea came to kickstart a startup. And what was it about cybersecurity that drew you in there? You know, when you were a young kid, were you always just obsessed with computers and playing with computers? Or what was it about cybersecurity that, that got you in? Yeah, that's a great question. I guess I the first job that I had as a kid was at the accounting department at my father's work. And in that department, they had like modems. And so I was able to borrow a modem. And so I was communicating with bulletin board systems, those BBS systems. And that was for me the first experience in yeah, the digital world prior to the internet. So I was yeah, very excited when I was able through my school and a friend I had in the street who was a bit older than me was at university to take those first steps in exploring the, the world wide web through uh, search engines like Hotbots, and I had that Netscape browser and all of that good stuff. So it really excited me Yeah, from I was a teenager. And I was yeah lucky enough to do some jobs in between. I studied information science and uh, computer science, and then I moved into information security. And then uh, it all went into bigger steps from a professional perspective. Nice. Super interesting. And, and that's useful context for our listeners to have. Now, two other questions we'd like to ask just to better understand what makes you tick as a founder and as a leader. What CEO do you admire the most and what do you admire about them? And of course, you know, who are they? Yeah, so I think I don't specifically admire like one person or one founder or one CEO, but I do read a lot of financial news and startup news, but also news around yeah multinationals and the geopolitical situation excites me a lot. So I have yeah a bunch of different sources that I read on a daily basis, and I guess that's what I'm consuming to build up that perspective of what is going on, how companies are performing, and definitely also the people behind it. So I'm not focused on like one person, but I like to follow 
trans markets and especially the people behind that in yeah, building out companies and achieving amazing things. Nice. And what about books? Is there a specific book that you can think of that's had a major impact on you as a founder? And this can be a business book or it could be just a personal book that's influenced how you view the world. Yeah, so I'm a very visual person. So I'm like researching a lot of different topics on YouTube. I got a lot of inspiration as well from certain movies like Sneakers, which is a great cybersecurity movie from back in the days. But yeah, in terms of reading, there are definitely some sources on the internet that as a founder are very interesting to pursue. Like I was lucky to go into a, a cybersecurity accelerator in 2018. And that is for me, like the hands-on experience that I obtained by really doing and experiencing situations like that by, I guess, interacting with people. That's how I obtain the information. So I'm, I'm an extrovert. So I, I like to communicate and interact with uh, people. It energizes me. And that's mm -hmm. how I obtain, you know, my perspective and view on things. Nice. All right. Well, let's change gears now and, and let's talk a bit more about the company. So let's start with the origin story behind Sweepatic. Yeah. So actually, when I was doing some contracting work in those organizations, I was really lacking the information about basically the, you know, all internet facing web applications, the host infrastructure. It doesn't come as a surprise that that is really expanding and growing. A lot of things are being added onto the network and people don't always follow a process to report that to risk and security stakeholders. So I was really struggling to have that situational awareness. And when I was talking with other uh, CISOs and security practitioners, they had the same challenge. And so that was the start for me to figure out the first steps into building out an MVP, which took place uh, late 2016, I incorporated yeah, Swipatic here in Belgium. And together with Martin, who is more hands-on on the technical side, we started the venture. The name Swipatic comes from the type of activity that the capability is doing. So it's an external attack surface management solution that is continuously uh, mapping, analyzing, and monitoring all those internet-facing assets for uh, organizations worldwide. So there is a lot of sweeping. Uh, that's the activity that it is doing, uh, the capability 24 by 7. So it's sweeping in an automatic way this type of very interesting yeah, data points across the web. So I guess it does an introduction. And there's obviously a lot of vendors in this space right now. What are you doing specifically to stand out and you make sure that customers know that your product is different and better? Yeah, so the space itself was like, I think, coined in around 2001. So 2001. Before that, I think there were definitely a bunch of other initiatives and those more internet-wide related projects like uh, Shodan is one of them. There were some vendors who were more looking into dark web or application monitoring or yeah, so more on the digital risk protection side. And so with Swipatic, we took an approach as a, like a pure play vendor to really start off from pointing the lens towards those victim organizations. So by implying yeah, non-intrusive, mainly passive reconnaissance techniques, 
we were able to collect a lot of different data points that basically the first step, the first strategy that we executed upon is to be yeah, best in class from a, from a discovery standpoint. And then we have built over time an intelligence layer that is built around six dimensions from vulnerabilities uh, to over misconfigurations. We look at encryption problems. We do reputation checks. We look at cyber hygiene and all of that. So that uh, brought us into a unique possibility to produce high fidelity observations. And that is saving a lot of time. So we uh, learned in the beginning that users were wasting a lot of time to sift through the massive data points. And so we were able to make a very clear, intuitive and easy to use interface that is orchestrating the most urgent or high priority related observations that the solution deems important enough for the users to spend time on and to take up from a remediation perspective. And what types of customers are you seeing purchase the product and invest in the product? Yeah, so an attack surface management platform, in essence, it's cloud native, so you, you don't need to install anything on premise. So it's up and running in a matter of minutes to a couple of hours. So it yields into a very personalized approach towards uh, prospects. And those prospects, you can see them in, in different verticals and also in different sizes. I think the sweet spot is a little bit, yeah, the organization that obviously have an internet presence with a certain size as well. So the bigger they are, yeah, the more challenging it is for them to have that situational awareness and to maintain that going forward. But we uh, secured reference customers in, in manufacturing, in governments, retail, financial services. So a little bit across all different verticals. We have built some significant yeah, customer references. I think the, the sweet spot for those type of solutions are yeah, definitely at, uh, I would say, upper SME to enterprise uh, level across different verticals. And in terms of geography, are you just focused on Europe or where is the majority of the customer base? We are primarily focused on uh, Europe. That's also where our uh, customers are from Belgium, Netherlands, all the way down to the south of Europe in Greece, for example. But it is indeed our focus, our go-to-market is to operate within Europe in a combined fashion. So we were mainly direct, but we transitioned in an indirect uh, model as well, where we uh, yeah, collaborate through different uh, partners to push the AISM solution in a bigger offering into the, into the market. And do you think that hurts you at all that you're not based in, you know, let's say Silicon Valley or Israel, like many of the other cybersecurity technology companies? Does that not matter because you're not serving the U.S. market? Uh, that's a great question. I think it's harder for us to raise money compared to Israel and, and United States. I think it's much harder to convince investors. Uh, so you really need to have a very good case if you want to raise money here in Belgium. In fact, the three investors that are part of the Swipatic journey, I found them abroad. <laughs> so one is a, a German-based VC from a cybersecurity fund. Another one is, for example, from the Dutch part. So it is hard to find investors with a cybersecurity speciality in Belgium and uh, in Europe. So in that regard, yeah, we are a little bit in competition, of course, 
with players from Israel and the United States and Silicon Valley, where I think the access to capital is more easy. Makes a lot of sense. In terms of adoption and traction, are there any numbers that you can share that just highlight the growth that you're seeing? So, yeah, obviously with the money that we've raised around 4 million euros, that also translates into the, yeah, the capacity that yeah, we have in the team, both from a technical and a commercial perspective. So, yeah, we are following our execution plan. So at this point in time on our website, we have some very nice reference customers and some case studies that we recently published, but we see a high demand in the market for these type of solutions. I think two years ago, the market was still figuring out what attack surface management was all about and that for their need, there was a specific solution that existed. What we see now is a lot of fluff in the market. So we see a lot of vendors that are pretending that they are doing AISM. So that is, you know, confusing, I guess, for the buyer. But when you really look at the pure play providers like Sweepatic, we've come a long way because doing attack surface management, it's very difficult. It's very complicated if you want to scale that with a very high frequency and a continuous approach. There are a lot of steps to take. And so I'm happy to say that Sweepatic and I think for the more mature AISM vendors that, well, the product market fit is definitely achieved. So it's very sellable, these type of solutions. That's what we see as a demand from end customers, but also partners are actively looking in yeah, completing their offering with the type of data and telemetry that those AISM capabilities are providing. It gives them a lot more visibility but also controlling their trusted advisor role to yeah, guide their end customers in closing down things that should not be exposed or taking offline things they forgot or patching or fixing important assets that are connected to the internet. And as I'm sure you've experienced in your journey, bringing innovative technology and innovative products to market isn't easy and, and go to market is just a very challenging thing to pull off. What would you say has been your greatest challenge so far and how'd you overcome it? Great question. I think you cannot start early enough to bring your product to end customers and partners so that the actual users of the solution, it's extremely important to be super close with them. Because if you come from a certain background and you work with technical experts, they you know, have experience and they claim that it has to be developed in a certain way, but all too often the buyer and the users tend to see it differently. So I think you overcome this type of challenges by bootstrapping your solution as much as possible together with the actual buyers and the users of your solution and to be super vigilant about the product feedback that they are giving and appreciating that the time that they provide in feeding back the experience, the workflow, how they're orchestrating the type of information and data from these solutions in their environment. The more you are in the shoes of their situation, the better you can align the product towards their needs. And I think that is super important if you are yeah, building out a product company. And last question here before we wrap, if we zoom out into the future, what's the three-year vision for Speedbatic? So we definitely want to further scale and accelerate 
our go-to-market by collaborating with partners. We see partners mainly around technical integrations. So by making sure that we orchestrate and further automate the type of telemetry, high fidelity observations, asset discovery, related information into the heart of an incident management process or a vulnerability management capability. So that's on the technical integration side. We see a lot of activity happening there. So we put resources against that. And on the other side, it's collaborating and working very closely with managed security service providers. So they offer a bunch of additional services, but they benefit a lot from the type of information that we bring to the table. So we are working on some very exciting partnerships, in fact, as we speak. And so being able to execute on that and to further scale the Swipatic attack surface management capability towards a worldwide level that is being leveraged in a super positive way towards end customers. And thanks to that, you know, making them more cyber resilient against, you know, bad actor stuff and all of that nasty stuff that is happening on a daily basis then we are making a lot of impact and that's what we do every day. So the more organizations we can equip with this solution, the more happy myself and my team is going to be. Amazing. Well, unfortunately, that's all we're going to have time to cover for today's interview. Before we wrap up, if people want to follow along with your journey as they build, where's the best place for them to go? They can reach us across uh, different social media accounts. They're all uh, clipped on our website, uh, sweepathic.com. Feel free to follow us on our LinkedIn uh, company page. And thanks again, Brad, for uh, inviting me to your show. No problem at all. Thanks for joining. And we look forward to seeing you execute on this vision. Thanks. Thanks.